With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to Pod TST. I'm Kenneth Arthur, the host of this Turf Showtime's podcast, and I speak about the Los Angeles Rams. And in the case of this episode, I'm speaking about the 2020 Los Angeles Rams, who are expected to play their first game of the season on September 13th. Final cuts to get down to 53-man, a 53-man roster even, uh, would be coming on September 5th. I'm recording this on August 28th, so just about a week away from the Rams' final cuts as they get down to a 53-man roster and a 16-man practice squad. And I posted on Turf Show Times on Thursday one potential 53-man roster and practice squad. I think that for the most part, um, you know, this roster is going to be correct up to a certain degree. You know, maybe there's uh, one or two major surprises, but for the most part, I think we all have an idea of who the Rams starters are going to be. You can switch out maybe one name here or there, uh, and then probably where most of their depths are going to be, but uh, anything is possible. Not a lot of information coming out of training camp this year, so don't get me wrong. I could be uh, wrong here, but I think for the most part, we everybody would agree like who the main players are for the L.A. Rams and going into this season and really the roster decisions as usual come at the uh, latter, later part of the roster, guys that aren't expected to play as much on offense or defense, um, probably more on special teams are the ones that for the most part the coaches are deciding between. So um, I feel pretty confident that we can compare the Rams 2020 position groups to the Rams uh, at the start of 2019 as well as at the end of 2019. You know, these are two, as we saw with the offensive line, of course, last season, these are two very different uh, times to perceive a team because you don't know how those players are actually going to play. You don't know how uh, the what injuries are going to pop up um just this morning i'm reading about how eagles tackle uh andre dillard is going to be lost for the season and they've already lost brandon brooks so you know that was their first round pick last year in dillard and he was going to be the left tackle and he's gone and you had brandon brooks who you know some would argue is is the best guard in the nfl and now they don't have that player so even without a preseason, the Eagles have lost two-fifths of their starting offensive line and uh, are looking at perhaps a different outlook than they would have, although, you know, Jason Peters came in to replace Brooks, and perhaps he's going to be a very good guard at this stage in his career, and we don't exactly know if Dillard was going to live up to his first-round bill billing, uh, but uh, you can see how quickly, just like with the Rams last year, injuries, players not performing as well as they had been, and I think that it's good to say, like, okay, well, where was the perception of this unit going into the season? Because that's a fair comparison to now, you know, how a team looks at the beginning of a season. And then we'll, I think, you know, we can uh, evaluate whether or not 
at, towards the end of the year where you believed the Rams had necessary needs for upgrades or, you know, I was going to say or downgrades. you got to downgrade some positions in the NFL. If you really want to be successful, you got to knock yourself down a, a peg or two at some places to really make your stars feel the pressure to uh, lift up the rest of their team, right? So uh, I... This is a very simple exercise, uh, so that's a, a good subject for a podcast. Um, and so let me just start with, you know, quarterback, right? That makes sense. Uh, they haven't made any changes there in terms of the starter. Uh, I think so last year they're going into with Jared Goff. They're feeling pretty good at the end of the season, m- you know, maybe not feeling as good about Jared Goff as the perception headed into the season when he was just coming off of going to the Super Bowl and throwing 32 touchdowns uh, and looking, you know, at least he was, I, of course, was very, I think, critical of Jared Goff and after the Super Bowl felt that he was not necessarily going to have the the upwards trajectory. I did feel that a, a season like the one that we saw last season was coming, that uh and then it did but the reason that i would feel more positively about goff at the beginning of this season than i would see so uh, comparing goff at the beginning of this season as compared to the beginning of 2019 um i would say most people feel that is a downgrade right so they've gotten that is a worse feeling right that's pretty agreeable but i also think jared goff at the beginning of 2020 as compared to jared goff at the end of 2019 it should be an upward trajectory. I think that's an upgrade. I think you're gonna. I think that history has shown us enough to say that you are more likely to get a balance between the 2017-2018 Jared Goff and the 2019 Jared Goff. So if you were looking for a median or an average or something in between those two figures, in any case, 2019 would be probably the floor. Uh, you know. And so he would have to probably get better. So I think Jared Goff will have a better season um, statistically in 2020 than he had in 2019. Whether or not Jared Goff has improved uh, the things that he would need to improve to take that next level as a quarterback, it's maybe more of the player who is, you know, commanding like the reasons for the offense's success. Um, if, that if everything went wrong and it was the Super Bowl and you just you could say like well who do we turn to now in this moment of uh, desperation and need you know most teams they they believe at least and a lot of fans believe that you got to have a quarterback that you can turn to in that moment you know it's the quarterback that gets uh, a lot of the blame and a lot of the credit and it's the quarterback that is uh, the one that's talked about if there's you know three minutes left and the team's down by six points and the and the, the offense isn't able to move the ball into the end zone it's the quarterback that is typically um you know asked about that hey why didn't donovan donovan McNabb get that done why didn't cam newton get that done why didn't you know why couldn't even someone like peyton manning who spent a lot of uh postseasons not playing as well as he had in the regular season. So um, there's there's that sort of need to see that from a quarterback. Uh, whether or not that's fair, I don't know. But Jared Goff 
needs to whether or not Jared Goff has made the changes in his game um, or, you know, he's he's young enough to still take steps forward. So we'll see what happens with Jared Goff. But I would say you're going to get a better Jared Goff than you got last season, even though I think going into the season, the expectations are lower. Um, moving on to the running back position, um, I would say that, again, going into last season, depending on how you felt about the uh, knee of Todd Gurley, you would probably say, again, there's a, here's a guy coming off of back-to-back MVP caliber seasons going to the Super Bowl. Um, they had drafted Daryl Henderson in the third round, and there's always excitement around young running backs who have, have any note, really, but anything really even drafted on day one or day two. Then you're thinking, this guy's supposed to be a starter. And so then you would have Todd Gurley, an MVP candidate, and Daryl Henderson perceived as a future starter and, and probably um, uh, an heir apparent to uh, Todd Gurley. And then you had Malcolm Brown. And then this year... The only difference is that you have Cam Akers instead of Todd Gurley. Going into this season, you I think you would have to say, oh, this is a downgrade as compared to going into last season because the only difference is a second-round rookie who has not you know, proven anything at the NFL level. You know, he has, he has uh, experts uh, or you know, draft analysts and uh, fans who like him. They have the ones that don't. So not as much as other running backs, maybe. But and the Rams are, you know, throwing in this situation. It's a lot less security, maybe in some situations, in some cases. But then also, Cam Akers, as compared to Todd Gurley from the the what what happened at the end of the last season, I think this has to be an upgrade. Again, it has to be the fact that the Rams are going into the season with with Daryl Anderson. Maybe you know he could be banged up, and maybe he's not available for Week One. Um, but it, the overall picture, if there's not going to be an extended amount of time pit missed, um, there's also probably a little less optimism in Daryl Henderson because he didn't have as good of a rookie season as I'm sure he would have hoped, uh, coaches would have hoped, and fans would have hoped. Uh, there were opportunities for more carries and because Todd Gurley wasn't playing as well and wasn't fully healthy and, and able to do all the things that um, him himself and the Rams wanted him to do. So there's less optimism probably on, on Henderson and, and then, you know, Brown is what he is. And then acres is just more of an unknown. So I think there's reason for optimism in terms of, again, because of regression, the running back position playing better than it did last season. But going into the year, maybe you have a lower ceiling of what to expect um, as compared to coming off of the Super Bowl season. This is going to be a similar case with wide receiver, I imagine. Uh, the wide receiver position is going to have Robert Woods and Cooper Cup again, which is very good, right? Nobody tends to dislike that. So they've got Woods and Cup. Um, but again, the difference last year going in with Brandon Cooks, who had typically been a very consistent thousand yard receiver anywhere he would go. He was always getting placed in pretty good passing offenses with a lot of volume and, and getting a, a significant portion of the targets. So it's not surprising that Brandon Cooks was able to put up a thousand yards so long as he was actually. Yeah, he was good. You know, he was able to do that, too. And he was fast. And there's so many 
things that were positive about Brandon Cooks that you would have to say going into this season, it looks worse because it's Van Jefferson instead of Brandon Cooks. But on the other hand, Brandon Cooks didn't have a good season. And if the Rams are going to be able to get back Woods and Cup and they're both healthy, they're going to have Reynolds just like they did last year. Maybe Josh Reynolds has improved, at, you know, as he's in his fourth uh, or fifth season right now. And then Van Jefferson is, I think, a very good receiver prospect and one, one who has performed well in camp, it seems. And it's hard to know what to believe from camp. And we'll see what happens. So there's... There's less to go off of, and there's less optimism maybe as compared to when you're going into the season and, and not really knowing how limited uh, Brandon Cooks was going to be because you think this is easily an opportunity for 3,000-yard receivers and uh, an offense with so many weapons, but it didn't turn out to be that way. So I think there would be less optimism, but I also think that there should be optimism that Van Jefferson can perform and, you know, as good maybe as the or better than the Brandon Cooks who played last season. Maybe not the Brandon Cooks who could show up this season for the Texans. Maybe not the Brandon Cooks uh, who we had seen in the past. But the Brandon Cooks of last season, the Todd Gurley of last season, and even the Jared Goff of last season. All of these are, I think, opportunities to aggress upwards, to improve and uh that history says this is not a, a, a crazy thing to believe. Tight end position didn't change very much either. Tyler Higby and Gerald Everett and Johnny Munt and, and Bryson Hopkins. I've got Johnny Munt making the team because I think Sean McVay likes him. I think, obviously, he was playing him a lot uh, at the end of last season. I think not necessarily just out of necessity, Um I don't think that Johnny Munt and Bryson Hopkins do the same thing, so I don't think that there is, like, overlap there. So, and I don't know what exactly what Bryson Hopkins' strengths and weaknesses are because nobody does, and does uh, outside of camp, really. There's a lot uh, how things are going right now, how ready he is. What if there's no chance that, that uh, yeah, what if right now the, the reports on Bryson Hopkins would be like, this isn't a good, this isn't going to be his year. So, uh, I just have four tight ends. But in either case, I think you would have to feel more optimistic about tight end going into the season than you would have even last season coming out of the Super Bowl because I think Jared, Gerald Everett uh, was looking like his best self last season. I think Tyler Higby was looking like his best self last season. I think Bryson Hopkins is a very interesting uh, tight end prospect that they didn't have last season, so that's more optimistic then i think uh johnny munt uh, if he makes the team um you know he could help <laughs> but overall um i would say as compared to last season this appears to be an upgrade going into the year and i would even say an upgrade at the end of last season so overall in all tight end to me looks like an upgrade uh of course the one that most people are focused on is offensive line Again, not a lot of changes. Um, the biggest change comes at guard, and that would be one with Joe Nopum, who was the starting guard at the end of, at the beginning of last season. So that's actually the same. So that would be um, a lot of the, the the same with Andrew with Rob Havenstein, same starters. Um, I think getting Austin Blythe 
over back in its center. You know, they say like, okay, well, everybody disliked the play at center last season. So I think going into the season with, you know, with some consistency, maybe at center for for all for most of all of camp, uh, and having a guy that at least maybe is more trustworthy than Brian Allen, um, you can, I think that there's probably again less optimism going into the season. So it's a downgrade in terms of how do they feel about I think how people would feel about the offensive line as compared to last season when the, they were coming off of again two of the best seasons in the NFL for for their position as the Rams had such a potent offense in those two seasons, but not the case this year. It's but again I think regression upwards would tell me um, I would I, I would be optimistic in, in Andrew Whitworth playing better. I would be optimistic in Rob Havenstein playing better. I would be optimistic in uh, Joe Nopum being you know an upgrade at guard. I would be optimistic at Austin Corbett um, having uh, he's he was only he's only in a going into his third season and he's been moved around. He's had different coaches and you know a lot of players have left the Browns and and had good careers <laughs> afterwards and a lot haven't so there uh, let's just say a lot of let's just say a lot of guy players have left the browns so we'll see what happens with Austin Corbett but i think that there's reasonable optimism in some of the backup options there too like David Edwards and who knows with uh, Tremaine Ancrum and who else whoever else could make the team um, and maybe they'll they'll find a free agent at the end of uh, final cuts here i think some veterans could hit the market, but um, I think, again, it's similar to quarterback and running back and receiver, which is less optimism at the beginning of the season, but I think they can perform better than they did as a whole uh, on the 2019 year. And that would wrap up the offense where overall I'm pretty optimistic on the offense, at least as compared to 2019. I don't know if the Rams offense can perform as well as they did in 2018, but if there's a place in between 2018 and 2019, that's where I think they might exist. And that is an upgrade over where they were. Even if not, perhaps uh, as great as they would like to be. And I do think Sean McVay does deserve some benefit of the doubt that he can draw something up for them that was that is successful. And I also think that we don't know if Cam Akers could be very good. We don't know if Van Jefferson could be very good. We don't know if Tyler Higby and Gerald Everett could be very good with a full season um, together at this point, now that there's been some production coming from that unit. Uh, and we don't know if Daryl Henderson could be very good. So there's there's some optimism there, even if I think that people have less of a, and reasonably so, uh, less optimism as, of the group as they would have after or up to the uh, 2018 Super Bowl. Moving on to the defense, I would like I would just group the defensive line as a whole. Uh, Aaron Donald, Michael Brockers, Ashawn Robinson, who we don't know how much time Ashawn Robinson's actually going to miss, so who knows. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. What that literally looks like, because that is the biggest difference. That is the thing that you would have said, you know, where did maybe the Rams get better in the offseason? in terms of free agency and uh, the draft and all anything. And you would have thought they have a Sean Robinson instead of Sebastian Joseph day, at least as a starter, you know, last season they go in with Brockers and Donald, which is the same as this year and the same as every year since what? 2014. So that's the same. But then they said, Oh, great. A Sean Robinson is a huge guy. You put him there. That opens things up. Uh, so without him, it would have to be maybe like, yeah, it have to be maybe like a downgrade because you're just looking at the same thing. Sebastian Joseph Day, Greg Gaines, Morgan Fox. The other player that they, they, they had kept, those five players last season and Tenzel Smart. So if it's not Sean Robinson, you know, if it's Sean Robinson, upgrade. If it's not Sean Robinson, downgrade. But since we can assume that maybe Asian Robinson will play the majority of the season. They haven't announced anything seriously as far as I know of uh, as I record this um, long term. So maybe the overall thing. But, uh, yeah, tough break for the defensive line if it doesn't uh, have Robinson uh, to open the year and uh, for an extended period of time. Uh, The linebacker group obviously had quite a few changes. And... That's going to be losing Dante Fowler, getting Leonard Floyd. Uh, that's, that's, and they aren't even that similar in a lot of respects. I mean, they were high draft picks that were quote-unquote pass rushers. They didn't do very much pass rushing with their original teams, even though you know Dante Fowler had some success and he just didn't get a lot of snaps and he was buried back there. Leonard Floyd had a lot of opportunities. He was strengths in the run defense. Um, but just not a very good, you know, pass rusher. And the Rams had this linebacker leave, and then this other linebacker come in. But, you know, you could be looking at a linebacker unit of Leonard Floyd, Micah Kaiser, Samson Ebucom, and Traven Howard uh, as compared to a year ago when you were looking at Dante Fowler, who in the previous season had two and a half sacks. So I don't think you can necessarily say that we all knew that Dante Fowler was going to have 12 sacks or whatever. Uh, They had Dante Fowler, Clay Matthews, who you're a free agent and your name's Clay Matthews, but really hadn't been super productive. So I'm not going to give a major you know, anything to, to Clay Matthews at that stage in his career. He's a free agent today and I think may have not had a drawn a ton of interest last season perhaps and um, hasn't drawn any this offseason really uh, Corey Littleton and uh, you know Bryce Hager 
And if you're looking at any one-to-ones, it's like Fowler and Littleton, there's not really anything on the uh, defense right now that is like that. You could maybe say if you had Leonard Floyd and Corey Littleton uh, and Fowler, there's just – it's a downgrade. It's it's not as optimistic because Corey Littleton had at least one full season and a quality season at, what, a Pro Bowl season at inside linebacker in 2018. They don't have anybody like that. Dante Fowler had been a productive pass rusher in smaller situations, so in, in small sample sizes. So he, there was at least some optimism that – with more sample size, he would uh, get more sacks and be um, the player that he he was in 2019. Don't see that in anybody here other than, I mean, the closest thing would be Terrell Lewis, but he's a rookie. So there is nothing to go off of with Terrell Lewis. There's That's like where you get that optimism like, oh, okay, well, there wasn't a Terrell Lewis on the defense last season who was a rookie, who they had a lot, there was a lot of optimism around his ability to pass rush. But, again, he was a third-round pick. Uh, he's missed a lot of time. You know, he was a third-round pick because of injury concerns. He's missed a lot of time, even for COVID-19, uh, totally reasonable thing to hold a player out for and – um, it's just he's he's missing time now, and so that's that's holding back maybe uh, Lewis at this moment. Um, Traven Howard, you know, he was on the team last season as a backup. Now maybe he maybe he will start next to Kaiser, who uh, could have won a role on the t- you know, as a starter last season maybe, but then he missed this season. Ebucom, you know, Okoronkwo, uh, Kenny Young. There's not a lot here that has evidence. So beginning of the season has to be a downgrade. In total, um, maybe the linebacking unit, because Clay Matthews, as I said, didn't play that well, but I don't know if I see um, a couple of stars here, unless Terrell Lewis and Leonard Floyd can play up to that level of like a Corey Littleton and a Dante Fowler. That's asking a lot of A, the rookie, and, you know, B, just Leonard Floyd hasn't – he played on a defense that was the best in the NFL but wasn't uh, necessarily the reason for it. Um, We'll just see how that fit works. And and I'll just say, like, Brandon Saley is a defensive coordinator, not knowing um, what kind of an impact he'll have. But that'll be uh, a, a huge story to watch as well. Uh, cornerbacks, obviously, major changes here and an interesting comparison to be made. Last season, they go into the with Akeem Talib and Marcus Peters, who they had just gone to the Super Bowl with, uh, one of the best cornerback duos in the NFL. Um, you know, a very exciting duo that could create interceptions and touchdowns and um, all that. Nickel Roby Coleman as the uh, slot cornerback this year. Jalen Ramsey, Troy Hill, corner uh, the slot cornerback, maybe Darius Williams or Terrell Burgess or David Long. Um, not as much of assurance at slot as they would have had with Nickel Roby Coleman. Not as much of assurance uh, maybe on the opposite end as comparing Troy Hill, who performed very well last season, 
Um, but comparing him to the careers at that point of uh, Marcus Peters or Aqib Tlaib, you can't say that the that other cornerback spot is as assured and reasonably like uh, manned by a potential Pro Bowler as you would have a year ago. And then Jalen Ramsey, who I think. I think Jalen Ramsey is the best cornerback of any of these. You know, Jalen Ramsey better than Marcus Peters and Aqib Tlaib, I think. Um, so that's the upgrade. So you can have an upgrade at one position, but I probably less optimism at all the other cornerback positions and the depth and all that kind of stuff right now. I mean, Terrell Burgess was a safety even in college, so. Uh, and I put him at the cornerback spot just because it felt that, well, if Jordan Fuller is performing so well at safety, maybe they can really try and work with Terrell Burgess as a slot corner right now and, and get him in there earlier and perhaps as, as one of the – maybe even as one of the better ones, the slot corners, which is very important in the modern NFL. So overall, I would have to say it is a downgrade at the beginning of a season, but poten I think probably and potentially an upgrade – in terms of their full performance over the course of a season because Jalen Ramsey is not being worked in middle of the year. He's coming in. He's got the whole season. I think he's going to have his contract extension soon. Uh, so we've got Jalen Ramsey back. Troy Hill, who I think you'd be more optimistic about Troy Hill now than you would have at the beginning of last year if he was uh, a starter on the outside. But, you know, who knows even if what their plan fully is. I don't know if that is a full plan this season. And then I think there's – um, maybe a higher ceiling at slot corner if it's Darius Williams or whoever it is, uh, even if there's maybe a lower floor because you're just not sure. You know, there was Nicole Roby Coleman. You knew maybe more what you're getting. So um, that's that's sort of cornerback. It's a little confusing. Um, but this is going to be a huge uh, task here for Brandon Staley maybe is that I think that the defensive line – Without Ashawn Robinson, it's it's the big difference here whether or not they're an upgrade or a downgrade or the same. Uh, linebacker, I think it looks down a little bit. Uh, cornerback could be an upgrade. I think they'll they should perform better, but there's probably a little less. There's just less assurance of what's going on. And then at safety, when you're looking at Eric Weddle going into last year, Eric Weddle and John Johnson and Taylor Rapp is the uh, the main backup there. This season, Taylor Rapp again, although he's missing time with injury, unsure of his status for week one. But they've got Jordan Fuller. They've got Terrell Burgess. They've got Nick Scott back. And I think that there was uh, optimism about the way that he played uh, last year in a training camp. So going into the year, there was more – probably liked about John Johnson just because he wasn't uh, coming off of a season in which he missed 10 games. So it's like, is John Johnson healthy? What is John Johnson's uh, career development curve? Where is his, where is he headed? Is he a pro bowl type, all pro type player? Like what is his status in the ceiling as a safety? So I think um, at the beginning of the year, maybe not as much optimism as like when you have Eric Weddle, but again, Eric Weddle, like Clay Matthews, at the end end of his career, I think there's reasonable optimism to say, hey, Taylor Rapp going into his second season, Jordan Fuller's playing really well, Terrell Burgess is playing really well, John Johnson is healthy. I think it should be a better unit. I think overall the secondary should have a better season than the one that they had last year. I would 
imagine. So that's good. But maybe less uh, assurance going into the season. That's where I think every position group, even without a ton of changes, seems to have a different outlook because 2019 went, even at 9-7 and seven and a, a kick and here and there away from making the playoffs. It's like, oh, it's not as high as a perception. This is still, for the most part, the same team that did go to the Super Bowl uh, the year before. Same coaches. Uh, finally, there's the special teams units. And I, I, I would like to know, be able to do more and know more about like the guys who make the tackles on special teams. I'm trying to parse out more something there. But there's so much variability as well and not really always being aware of who is in the lead for those things going into the season. Um, and how well they'll perform and what kind of a difference that makes. Uh, but we do know that for the first time since 2011, the kicker won't be Greg Zerline. I have um, projected here as only because so many, and you know, so many other people are as well, Liram Hajrulahu as the kicker, unknown. And I would say you had to feel more confident going into 2019 with Greg Zerline than you would going into 2020 with uh, obviously with Greg Zerline um, but with Liram Hajrulahu you don't know uh, what you're getting at all I need to just watch more videos of you know JB Long saying his name I think and I'll I'll be right there with with him and everyone else but you just don't know. So could be better. I think that the – it's kicker. I'm not going to make any sort of guesses. Uh, Johnny Hecker should be solid. Jake McQuaid as long snapper. So uh, special teams, you could have get a better season because I know that they uh, were not – you know, nobody was too happy with missed kicks that could have helped make the playoffs. But – that is the uh, status of special teams. Overall, I think it's pretty clear that the Rams enter 2020 a little less certain of the players that they have uh, headed into the season. There's more unknowns, more rookies, more untested players, more players who had down seasons last year that are now trying to bounce back. And the thing is, most of them, I think, will bounce back and – that's and I think that there would be a better performance on offense and defense and whatever that leads to, who knows? Uh, that's not necessarily what I'm projecting here today or uh, guessing uh, as to the full-on outcome. But I think um, I would expect a better season from Jared Goff. I would expect that um, I would expect that the running back group can perform better if so long as they're healthy than what was. The Rams were able to get out of Todd Gurley last season. I would say uh, that the receiving group as a whole should be better, assuming health, and that Van Jefferson can perform. Uh, perhaps you know, which is hard to say. And to Simba Webster, people are interested in him, so you know, who's I think that might give them a little bit of a deeper group going into the season. If if there's significant optimism on on Webster, um, I think that. The tight end group might perform about the, the same or better if they can maintain that for 16 games. I think the offensive line should perform better, uh, even if it's just slight. And then defensively, that's where so much of the season maybe hinges. Uh, the availability and value of Ashawn Robinson, um, the 
trajectory and uh, health of Terrell Lewis and whether or not he can contribute immediately because they need someone who can sort of um, defy expectations and perform immediately and, and hit that next gear. Uh, the having a full season of Jalen Ramsey, I think, makes a, a difference. And J John Johnson, obviously, too. So possibilities here and optimism, uh, but maybe just a little less uh, assurance. That's it for Pod TST. Um, I'll do another one pretty soon.